It's Radiothon time again at 3CR. This year marks 40 years of Radical Radio at 3CR and we're asking you to keep us on air for another 40 years by donating your money to 3CR's Radical Radiothon. June the 6th to the 19th, call us on 03 9419 8377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au. Enjoy your podcast. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. Good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreel. This is 3CR's look at uh, Australian uh, film and uh, film production and moving images in general. And uh, today we're going to highlight an event that's coming up mid-June, which is Hot Docs at the Palace, which is uh, a program of uh, documentaries which are uh, focusing on... uh, Oh, well, it's an international festival, really. It comes from uh, the Canadian Hot Docs. That's its... uh, uh, Inception, but it's also a platform for uh, some Australian documentaries as well. So uh, Australian documentaries in good company or international uh, documentaries in good Australian documentary company. And uh, today we're going to feature a film that we actually spoke about before it was actually made. We spoke to uh, Charlie Hill Smith uh, late last year, middle of last year, about his wonderful sounding film called Motorkite Dreaming, which was a about, uh, I had someone tell me that it was the girls and boys own adventure, which is uh, actually, it's about uh, two two blokes who uh, fly from one side of Australia to the other on uh, what effectively are um, lawnmowers in the air, their motor, motor light planes, motor kite dreaming it's called this film, they fly while their girlfriends are um, driving underneath. But it's a, a cross-cultural adventure. Not only is it about uh, someone doing, uh, people doing sort of a uh, physically difficult thing, but also uh, the uh, meeting of uh, 20 language group Aboriginal communities across the uh, country. Anyway, it's been a really big affair and it's going to be shown at Hot Docs and uh, we're lucky enough to speak to John Cherry today, who was uh, the producer, one of the producers of the uh, film, because apparently Charlie is overseas. G'day, John. Are you there? Hello, Annie. Yes, I am. Yeah. So uh, I've just been telling uh, the listeners about Motorkite, reminding them, because uh, as I said, we did have a great chat with Charlie about this great adventure and uh, some of the things that he had to do to make it happen. And uh, you're yeah. part of the you you're part of the group that actually made it possible as a producer, correct? Uh, yes, 
Yeah, I'd, li- I'd like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you've had a, a long association with Charlie because you were part of the you were you were a producer, but also a camera person on Strangers in Paradise. So, uh, and you're part of a, a film company that are intentionally making films that are of social benefit. Can you tell us about your adventures in film? Uh, sure. So, uh, Interfusion Films uh, is. Um, my production company with uh, my partner uh, Kirsten Malian, and we are a yeah production company that specialises in making social issue films. Films that uh, matter. Uh, yes, uh, look, ultimately, you know, films that explore uh, uh, stories, characters, events of of social relevance. And, uh, uh, you know, human interest stories, I suppose, is another way to look at it. And what's incumbent on us in the films we make is, is um, the, the number one um, mission in, in social issue filmmaking, in, in my view, is uh, to make them entertaining. And so that's what we put a lot of focus in, uh, into, is, is to how to make entertaining films that also speak to some deeper purpose, I suppose, in terms of a contribution that they hope to make. So how did you get involved in Motorkite Dreaming? Because, of course, it is the an epic proportion film. It, it certainly is an epic. And uh, as, as you said, Charlie and I um, have, have made this film to, together. It's, it's taken many years. And so uh, we made uh, Strange Birds in Paradise uh, together with, with Jamie Nicolai, uh, another producer, um, some years ago. And Charlie came to me um, with this one. Gee, it was uh, the very end of 2009 uh, with this kind of crazy idea. So um, a mate of his, Aidan Glasby, was uh, to fly microlights, motorised hand gliders, across Australia. Um, 4,000 kilometres from, from Adelaide to, 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 to Broome. And uh, I, he had signed on. He had said, yes, I, I want to make that film. Charlie came to me and said, what do you think, JC? This is a good one for our next collaboration. And I agreed and so optioned the, uh, the, the rights and we kind of went from there. That was the end of 2009. So and because taken... you've got the nickname JC, you knew that it was all going to work. Uh, in retrospect, I always know that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, you know, wing and a prayer, isn't it? I mean, you you've got to back yourself. Oh yeah, and you've got to give it a shot. And look, th- this project has been uh, tough. It's really has been tough. Um, it's it's epic, as you said. It's it's you know, not shooting you know around the corner. It's shooting across the country. It ended up as a nine-week shoot. Um, it's, so there's a whole lot of logistics involved. Um, it's an adventure premise, so there's there's everything that goes with that um, in terms of planning and execution. Um, there's uh, um, 20 Aboriginal language nations that we that we cross and visit. And there's a whole um, um, uh, protocol process that we've done extensively. Um, ahead of shooting and then during shooting and and even now as we're we're releasing. And when when um, I spoke to I, when I spoke to Charlie, he had uh, the 
that business about needing to go to everybody en route before you did the shoot. So it was a big challenge, wasn't it? And quite expensive, personally as well as financially. Yes. Uh, I mean, we were fortunate we got uh, uh, two lots of development funding from from, from Victoria. And so they were really our first uh, backers uh, with, with concept, you know. And what that allowed us to do um, was to do a, uh, a protocols research trip, so essentially a recce for the shoot, where we, uh, Charlie, myself, and uh, two of the, the flyboys, and then the flyboys, and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then Carolyn Bart, who uh, are our cultural uh, protocol advisors, um, we we drove the entire route. How did so, that go? I mean, because Carol is a, um, a person of. Uh, of, from a particular nation. Uh, so how did that go? How did the people feel when they were meeting someone from a completely different part of the Aboriginal uh, nation? Um, for, for, for them? Or, or, or oh, I mean, just, no, I was just curious. Oh, the reason why I'm asking you that question is that I used to broadcast in Warrnambool and uh, we were speaking, I was speaking to this wonderful Aboriginal boy, young fella he was, and they were going off to, um, they were from around there, and they were going to go up to the Northern Territory to the big, uh, well, effectively it's a corroboree, but it's a, we'd call it a festival up there. And they'd intentionally going up there to visit the Aboriginal communities up there. Now, the Aboriginal people up there were absolutely flabbergasted. They'd never met anybody, any Aboriginal people from Victoria. They didn't yes. even know they existed. Well, well, this is, I mean, we're talking about completely distinct nations, um, Aboriginal language nations, you know, that, that had distinct culture and identity um, across the country and, and, and still do. And so what's... Um, been a, a huge uh, insight for me personally on, on this uh, journey, on the recce and on the shoot and in making the film is how distinct and how strong these uh, nations are. And um, in the case of our film, I mean, one of the beautiful threads uh, that, that is there is, is um, I, I don't want to kind of spoil, you know, do too much of a spoiler, but... Um, um, Carol discovers um, a, a, a something that that is of relevance to his culture um, in a completely different place. You know, wow, that's, that's fantastic! Been, yeah, something that's been um, held in keeping, you know, if you like, for for a long, long time um, on on a completely on the completely other side of the country, you know. It's quite impressive that you've uh, come up with this uh, notion of uh, fusing the usual, uh, you know, um, what's that, uh, hero's journey concept, mm. a, a Western hero's journey addiction that we all seem to have, and mm. um, and uh, the incredibly different, oblique, silent, nu- nuanced, different <laughs> way of seeing the world that all these different Aboriginal communities have. It's a very clever notion to have fused into a film called Motor Kite Dreaming, I'd have to say. It, it must and have been a feat, you know? It, it, it's tricky. It's tricky. And, um, look, it's something that, that Charlie Hill-Smith, the director, writer, he, he, he's very passionate about. And, um, you know, he's always seen this story. I, I remember the first time when he brought it to me, you know, as a, 
uh, a Trojan horse narrative is, is what he calls it. Um, <laughs> Clever boy. Where yeah. We, yeah, you know, where we've got an A to B adventure story. So we've got two, um, you know, two white couples flying across the country in these crazy motorised hang gliders, <laughs> these dodgy flying machines. Yeah, intrinsically and dangerous. Co- correct. And, you know, there, there's a lot that can go wrong. There's a lot of potential drama. There's a lot of country that we're going to see. We're going to see it from the air. There's a lot that you can immediately say, well, you know, that there's a lot going for that story. But what's kind of the, the real hook, I guess, or the, or, or the real... Um, um, well, the reason for why Charlie uh, wanted yeah. to make it. Very much so. And perhaps the, the you know, deep purpose, if you like, is that we've got an opportunity to go to some to, to these Aboriginal nations. And um, and then there's the process of protocol around asking permission to film in those nations and all the rest of it, which then can't help but affect the story, as well as the fact that, you know, Carol Carpenty and, and Bart Soundsbury, but Carol in particular with his, his musical journey and his search for his song, um, are a part of that story. You know, because they're they're there with us, and um, and there is our our guides, if you like, our ambassadors, and so introducing us into those communities. So, so yeah, an adventure premise with a with a uh, you know a little bit of profundity along the way. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, you're on. You're listening to 3CR. You're with Annie on uh, Showreel, and we're having a chat with uh, John Cherry, who's the producer of a film called Motorkite Dreaming, which is going to be shown at uh, Hot Docs at the Palace, which starts on June the 14th and goes to June the 26th in Melbourne. Well, it's really the opening night's June the 14th in Melbourne, and it uh, the general programs on June the 15th to the 26th. You can actually buy a ticket to the opening night if you want to and uh, that of course is uh, com. so but moving along John I just thought I should do the the business um, thank you sorry it's 17th isn't it 17th of June yeah point. yeah that your your film's going to be shown yep that's right so yeah. that's our world world premiere on, on oh really yeah yeah Friday week Ah, wow, that's fantastic. Um, And so uh, uh, your connection to Hot Docs, how did that happen? Through Richard Moore, who's the artistic director of of, uh, Hot Docs at Palace Cinemas. And uh, look, I've known Richard since um, he was um, heading up Myth and uh, Strange Birds in Paradise was part of the, the Melbourne International Film Festival then. So... We've kept in touch. I, I took this film to him when, when we were in the in the, the, the rough cutting uh, phase of the edit, and invited him in for a, a, a screening of the rough cut. Um, and we had the opportunity to, to talk extensively, him and I, after that viewing about whether it might fit the program he was pulling together. So uh, I'm, I'm really delighted that that it's that it's happening. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. Getting back to the uh, edit, how much shoot, how much time did you have? How how much footage did you have uh, compared to the amount that's uh, actually, you know, did you have a lot? What, how did you handle that editing phase? Um, well, I'll work backwards. It's a, it's a ninety-minute film. Um, I'm not going to tell you what the ratio is because we've got 
over 400 hours of footage. <laughs> um, it's certainly been distilled. Um, a lot of that is obviously GoPros because we had GoPros on, on the, the microlights from the vehicles across the country and that kind of aerial vista of the, the changing landscape is, is one of the unique and big screen elements of this film that really excites me. Um, the editing process was a gruelling one and um, a, a wonderful one at the same time. It was, it was long. It was uh, 21 weeks. And, look, it's, you know, we're just kind of coming out of the end of that at the moment. And um, I'm, we have come out of the end, I'm glad to say, uh, but very recently. And, look, it, it's one of these projects where it, it, it took five years to make, um, and we shot it in 2013. And in the lead-up to shooting it, we were obviously pitching it along the way to try and find where it fits as, a, as an offering. Um, and I guess the point to this story is that we, over the years, have kind of refashioned it to a, a TV offering, like a, you know, a TV series for, for various broadcasters that we've been talking to at various times or whatever that may or may not have found out didn't and then the shoot happened which we ended up having to, to self-finance and, and kind of went into that with um, the view that we would go back to first principles where it began which was to do a feature doc um, and then there was a year of, of pitching after shooting it and all the rest of it and, and, and refashioning it and looking at different ways that we could tell this story and it was the beginning of last year that I actually finally sold it to, to, to Red Bull TV. Yeah, as, bravo. As a TV series. Yeah, cheers. So, and, and, and then SBS2 and NITV here domestically. And um, what that meant is that we had, uh, at that time, a, a, a four-by-half-hour series, now become a five-by-half-hour series that um, had found a home. And um, at the same time, we uh, applied for for funding and went through the pathways of developing the feature and sold the feature. And so and so, what we ended up with was a situation where we were cutting both the feature and the, and the series simultaneously. Oh, that's amazing. And it, yeah, and, and, you know, part of that's economy of, of scale and, and, and all of that, but what it meant was a very intense uh, editorial process for us across both the... The, the feature and the series. Yeah. You, you must have been uh, living, like uh, breathing and uh, sleeping this process. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's been an intense year. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, all, all of this has been over the last year. It's all happened very quickly, actually, even though it's taken so long. Well, it's interesting too because uh, you're obviously pretty flexible people in regards to uh, t uh, dealing with challenges. Uh, there's a big difference between cutting something for a series. Of what what was it? Five part series or yeah, five five, five episodes. Right. Yeah, quite a different uh, idea around that uh, and making a feature. What were the key things that you had to deal with with the difference? Look, the imperative is different. Yeah. The, you know, the, 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 in, in, in terms of the series, the, um, we were making it for, a broadcast, for, for broadcasters and that has, um, the, there are particular um, directives, needs, 
that need to be met in 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 terms of that offering for the feature. So, do they give you an actual list of things they want, or is it through discussion and negotiation? Oh, look, it's through discussion and negotiation. Okay. Um, but it's it's um, an ongoing process. You know, it's not like you know, here's five things you need to do and and you know come back to us with a finished product. It, it's um, show us what you've done, and then we want feedback. some changes. Yeah, absolutely, and so and so you know every every stage of the editorial process was part of that discussion and negotiation. So you had more uh, freedom when you made the feature film. We did, but 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 equally we had um, and uh, terrific um, editor editorial acumen that that was part of our team with with both, but also with the feature in particular. So the feature is being released by Screen Impact, um, uh, who we're partnering with to release um, this this feature doc. Uh, domestically and then internationally, and to do it justice. And what uh, uh, so effectively the feature is um, our uh, product. We 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 have the uh, the potential to you know and 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 the imperative to get it out there. And uh, the, the hot box is, is our previous season there. So just in terms of the editorial process, you know we've had. Uh, Marcus Gillizzo, our terrific executive producer, Simon Nash, Ruth Cross, uh, others involved in the editorial process um, to help us get it right. And so we've pulled in the team uh, to, to, to hone the editorial. But what's been really interesting is that we've told the same story in, in very different ways. Yeah, um, fascinating. Yeah, the, the, the feature in the series. Do, do do they own the series, the people that you've made it for, copyright-wise? Do they actually own it? No, no, we... we they, they've licensed it. They don't own it. Oh, we, right, we, okay. We own it, but they've licensed it, yeah. Oh, cool, okay. And that's, of course, the same. And do you expect to take this, uh, take the film to uh, other festivals? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the beginning of that journey now, Um what we're doing is the the uh, hot dogs at Palace Cinemas Festival is the perfect um, um, uh, opening, if you like, for for the film yeah. uh, in Melbourne, Canberra, and Sydney. And our hope from there is that we can uh, find a home with uh, an exhibitor nationally for a uh, a theatrical release and. In tandem with that and working with Screen Impact, we're putting together a, um, you know, uh, a, a, our own release strategy, mm. which, which is, you know, a combination of uh, forewalling it, um, outreach, taking it back to communities, uh, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, because you have to show it to the community. So that's, that's an interesting other thing, isn't it? Well, it's an important part of it. Uh, it's a matter of, of when and how, obviously. So um, that's what we're working on at the moment with the, with our release. So, but it will happen. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of interested in. I mean, you're a, uh, you, you call yourself a producer, and when it comes to filmmaking, that's usually about the money, right? But uh, did you do any of the cinematography in this? 
Uh, a little bit. A little I, bit, I, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't have shot um, second fiddle sometimes. But, yeah, um, because you are a cinematographer yeah, for, as well. For, I, I am, I am. I, I'm, um, you know, I've shot uh, kind of concurrently with uh, along my whole career uh, and still do shoot freelance and, and whatnot as a shooter director or whatever. But um, no, on this one... Uh, Angus Kemp is a, uh, was a very hard-working uh, director of photography and Ben Brooks was, was second camera and our special ops. And yep. I was kind of, um, you know, shoot, shooting where, where, yeah. where it helped. Back, back up when it comes. I was just thinking that uh, that concept of product, being a producer in a small, small uh, team uh, becomes more like uh, a producer in the general sense, <laughs> actually making something. You guys are making things. Basically, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty hands on. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty hands on. Uh, I'm very much a. I think the technical terminology is a physical producer. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty hands on. Yeah, thanks for telling us about this, uh, John. And we'll repeat that uh, this is the uh, world premiere of. Uh, of uh, motor kite dreaming at uh, Hot Docs uh, in Melbourne on June the 17th. So fantastic. And thank you for spending time with us and telling us about it. My pleasure. Thank you, Annie. No worries. Yeah, so that was John Sherry, and uh, you're on 3CR with Annie on Showreel. And uh, as I said, uh, you, you do actually have an opportunity to go and see this wonderful film. It's it's a, a daring endeavour, effectively, in cross-cultural uh, understanding. Uh, Charlie was a fantastic man, and he's got great ideas about how Australia can have a better future. Uh, that includes uh, Aboriginal, the heart of Australia, which is uh, Indigenous culture. This is the heart of Australia. And uh, so Motorcoat Dreaming, June the 17th, uh, Hot Docs, which is um, going to uh, run from the 14th of June to the 26th of June in Melbourne. And I've actually got two double passes for you. Today I've got two double passes for you. If you give us a call on uh, 94198377, the number again, 9419 8377 you could be a winner of a double pass to go to any session at uh, Hot Docs during that period but of course June the 17th which is the world premiere of Motorkite Dreaming is probably a good one to be going off to see now if you want to know more about Motorkite Dreaming because they've got this wonderful website which gives you this wonderful feeling of uh, what the uh, film is about. It's it's a real pleasure to watch and to find out more about. Uh, it's uh, That's motorkitedreaming.com, very easy. That's M-O-T-O-R, M-O-T-O-R-K-I-T-E, dreaming.com, motorkitedreaming.com. Go to it and have a look at it. It's it's. Absolutely lovely. And if you want to know more about Hot Docs at the Palace, go to Hot Docs, no, www.hotdocs.oz.com. That's H-O-T-D-O-C-S-O-Z.com. Hotdocsoz.com. And uh, you will find out all about it. All right, so double passes to hot dogs 
any se- any sessions, nine four one nine eight three seven seven. Give us a call and give us your address, and we can send them out to you. Okay. Uh, apparently today is uh, a special day because uh, we don't have any uh, people banging at the door, but uh, published or not has left us uh, a special program just for you in their absence. So stay tuned on 3CR for that. You've just been listening to a podcast produced at 3CR Community Radio. 2016 marks 40 years that 3CR has been bringing you independent community voices and we're asking you, our listeners, to keep us going for another 40 years by donating to our Radical Radiothon this June 6th to the 19th. This year, we need to make $220,000. So any amount you can afford makes a big difference. Call us on 03 9419 or donate online at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for supporting Community Radio.